So lots of questions about making sex work safer for sex workers. How do we do it? Is there only so far we'll be able to go to provide safety in an industry that has a stigma? It's trying to reduce the stigma to a great extent, but is always going to have that challenge. I think we agree on that. We want it less stigmatized. We want it more safe. We don't want people getting hurt. We don't want people put in compromising positions. Clients or service providers, either. Okay? There's going to be that stigmatization. We're moving away from it, but what could change? Are we hopeful that it will change? Marcy Warhoft will join us. She used to be uh, an exotic dancer and joins us to discuss the life and some of what she's heard about where this industry is going on Toronto Today earlier on Wednesday. The challenge to this new law from Canadian sex workers that does them harms and finding that balance, striking that balance is a difficult one in a case like this. We're having more open, honest conversations about this. The Canadian Alliance for Sex War, uh, Work Law Reform is challenging uh, the rights of some of the criminal offenses in Canada. They want to repeal the PCEPA and they started getting that heard in Ontario Superior Court earlier in the week. Um, I want to bring on someone who worked in this industry. She is Marcy Warhoft. Thank you very much for the time today. We appreciate you being able to uh, have us access you and, and get your expertise on this. Good morning, Greg. Let me just say, uh, just to start, my experience had been on the stripping side of sex work. Yeah. And I've since gained insight into the other parts through my work as a writer and an author. And I want to say that sex work has been around forever. It will probably be around forever, and we need to stop stigmatizing it and demonizing it and start legitimizing it because anything less than full decriminalization will not keep anybody safe. Are you the author of The Good Stripper, A Soccer Mom's Memoir of Lies, Loss, and Lap Dances? That'd be too coincidental if it wasn't you. <laughs> I am indeed. That's I am okay. indeed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So I, we were talking about this earlier, and this is me guessing at things and, and sort of reaching around a little bit in the dark, but, but, you know, looking at some of the data, looking at what other countries do, is this an industry? And especially if, if we're de deeming dealing with prostitution, Marcy, where it can only be so safe for both parties, the, the, like, like the, the client, if you will, is risking, you know, being found out he's doing this on the secret. One would think, and the person providing the service has numerous concerns, far more about physical safety, far more fear about being assaulted or robbed or something going wrong in the transaction. Can we only get to such a safe place with these kind of transactions? Well, see, that's the problem. The problem is the stigma around it, keeping things in the dark, keeping things underground in the shadows. The more we do that, that's where the scary stuff really happens. It's when you bring it out into the open and you, you create laws that actually help that will keep people safe. It's the stigma that is keeping things unsafe. And here's the problem with the law the way it is now. It's a farce. Um, passing the, the PCEPA, that, what that did to me, it's a farce because it's the government's way of looking like maybe it's taking steps in the direction of making things safer for sex workers. But it's had the exact opposite effect. Because what it does, actually, so it decriminalizes the selling of sex, but it's still a crime to pay for sex services and to advertise. And why it's so dangerous to make it a crime to buy sex is because it keeps sex workers from doing the proper screening of their clients, because if clients don't want to risk being arrested or exposed, they're not going to be forthcoming with their personal information. And that's vital in keeping sex workers 
safe. But can we, I agree that some of the stigma is the criminalization on the side of the client, be it a man or be it a woman. I agree most cases it's probably men. But that said, it's the outing. It's the being found out, uh, whether they're in a relationship or not. Will there? How do we get to the point where someone is, is <laughs> we, we're not renting a car, right? We can't ever get it to that point where someone's going to provide three pieces of ID and let people photocopy, you know, valuable personal information. I wouldn't think anyway. How do, how do we find that balance between those two things? Well, again, that comes down to the stigma. We've been conditioned but, our entire life to believe that it's wrong. That is that's the problem. You see, as long as there's still any kind of criminalization around it, laws are going to be made that are coming from a reactionary standpoint. People don't like the way it feels. People don't like the way it sounds. Sex work sounds wrong. So people are hesitant to validate it or legitimize it. And so they are, it's still only based on feelings, but feelings aren't facts. And if you look at the research from around the world on sex work, it's the full, full decriminalization of it that is making it easier to purchase it and to sell it. It's, it's the, the whole problem is the stigma around it. Again, look at other countries, how they're doing it. What countries it's are doing it right? I, I'm, I'm asking because I want to, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of them are in Western Europe. What countries are doing this right, making it safer and destigmatizing? Well, the research has been done all over the wor- world on sex work. We're talking about Cambodia, China, Tanzania, South Africa all supports uh, the full decriminalization of it. You look at places like the Netherlands. In the Netherlands, sex is a recognized and taxable occupation. There's access to social security, unemployment benefits, pension, healthcare services. These are things that are going to help. The the fact is this, the way that the laws are now here, it's it's not, the purpose is not to keep anyone safe. I believe that their actual goal is to abolish sex work and that's not gonna happen. You don't get rid of it by hurting sex workers. You want to get rid of sex work? Well, you got to get to the main problem. Look at the source, look at poverty and abuse and things like that, but that's way harder. So instead of looking at that, they're, they're really punishing sex workers. Again, even things like making it um, illegal to advertise. I mean, Section 213 of the Criminal Code prohibits communication for the sale of sexual services. That means that they can't advertise, they can't communicate with their clients, which means that they can't properly and clearly lay out their expectations, like services and rates. So they are leaving themselves vulnerable to, to miscommunication and misunderstandings. All of these laws around it are not making them safer. I got about a minute and a half here. It feels like I, I, the, the sex trafficking is such a massive concern, and I wish we'd push our attention to that. But I think it may be chicken and egg until some of these laws are loosened up, if you will. We loosen up the collar on some of these laws. Sex trafficking is going to be more prominent. It's clearly happening more and we're talking about it more than we were 25, 30 years ago. It's more a fear for, um, you know, people in the business than it was 25 or 30 years ago. Clearly. Well, that's the thing. I think it, sex work is, is, is very different. We're talking about consensual sex between adults. Sex mm-hmm. trafficking is something completely different. And again, when you keep something in the shadows and underground, that's where the, the dangerous behavior is going to happen. When you bring it out and you legitimize it, then it makes it more difficult for things like sex trafficking. But people, it, the danger is, is, is confusing the two. Again, we're talking about consensual sex between adults. So do you quickly, do you think we do you have hope that we'll get there, that we could be like the Netherlands? We could be like or are we just too uptight? I know we are in the States, so I'm just asking about Canada. The States, I have no hope for this happening. But do we have any hope here? 
you hope. I mean, my, my goal is this. Um, what I'm hoping for, I mean, now people are rallying. And I'm really hoping that the government looks at all the people who are rallying right now. Look at the, the amount of people. Look at the diversity of people. And listen to mm. them. They know. Listen to them. Marcy, I really enjoyed our conversation. I wish we had more time. So let's have more conversations like this. You'll be a valuable voice for us about an important topic that everybody should uh, be more aware of. Thank you for doing this this, uh, uh, this morning. Thank you. Marcy Warhoff uh, joining us on Toronto Today.